Hello everyone, this is the Australian Law Student Podcast, the first iteration of hopefully a very long series of podcasts. Uh, my name's Oliver, I'm one of the co-founders of the Australian Law Student, here with Alex, my good friend, and uh, recently uh, welcomed into the partnership. Um, yeah, the Oz Law Student is uh, run by law students for law students, and so um, we started a podcast, um, and basically the entire idea of the podcast excuse me, is going to be... Um, Firstly, there's going to be a segment on legal news uh, over the week, um, and so hopefully that's accessible for you law students to know what's going on around um, Australia um, in terms of legal news. And then after that, we will do a special topic each podcast, and that will be kind of the main meat of the podcast. This uh, first episode, Alex and I thought that we'd just do some quick reflections on law school. And so, yeah, I mean, Alex, you want to say hello to everyone watching? Hello, everyone. I'm Alex. Thank you very much, Ollie, for having me. And That's it's right. a pleasure to be here. It's very exciting uh, that we might have a chance to really present something to law students that is relatable to law students, is accessible to law students, and can uh, hopefully improve uh, their, their learnings and give them a bit of insight and uh, uh, inspiration outside, yeah. of, outside of law school. Absolutely, mate. All right, so... Um, well, on that note, um, we will jump straight into the legal news for last week. So we'll give last week's legal news. Um, and Alex, do you want to start us off? Yeah, so we're going to start this podcast at least at the start with a bit of legal news at the start, which is always very exciting, Ollie. Uh, so to get straight into it, actually quite an eventful week in legal news. Yes. We had the first ever test of the new public interest defense in mm-hmm. defamation law in New South Wales, section 29A of the Defamation Act, very exciting act. Mm-hmm. Uh, this particular defence has been in English common law since 1999 mm-hmm. uh, and was introduced to English statute law in 2013. Okay. Uh, and then I believe into Australia, or New South Wales rather, law um, through amendments in 2021. Okay, okay. Uh, so a little bit behind the ball, uh, New South Wales was, as I guess, compared to England, mm-hmm. um, but uh, still on top of it. So... The, the idea with this defence is the first time that it's been used and the case was Russell and Australian Broadcasting Company number three in mm-hmm. the federal court. Yep. Um, and the idea that some people have, and I guess it was in the second reading speech as well, was that, that the English precedent was going to very much inform the Australian and the New South Wales use of it. Yeah. Uh, so essentially in this case, Heston Russell was a, a former major and command, commando officer uh, in the ADF mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and he initiated proceedings against the ABC. Yeah. Uh, so with the defence, there's two limbs. There's mm-hmm. a subjective limb and an objective limb. Yeah. Uh, firstly, the objective. So for the defence to be raised, the matter must concern an issue of public interest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then secondly, subjectively, the defendant, in this case ABC, must reasonably believe that the publication of the matter uh, is in the public interest. Okay. Um, and so the outcome, uh, it was deemed that the matter was in the public interest, uh, or rather a- the ABC reasonably believed, and, not reasonably believed, but actually believed that it was in the public and, interest. And so it was with an Australian Defence Force um, member, or yeah. former member. Is it is it sort of along the sort of mainstream... The sort of the main string of defence force matters was it having to do with um, war crimes over? Um, it, it was, and the, the ABC, as as we all know, was involved in the Ben Robert Smith. Yeah, ABC, yeah. but uh, Australian media was mm-hmm. involved in the Ben Robert Smith case. Yeah, um, I believe that was Channel Seven. Okay, okay. Um, and so that it, it was an issue that had been in the spotlight recently. Yeah. Um, but this was, I guess, on a separate string to that main 
Ben Robert Smith case. It wasn't adjoined to it at all. Yeah. Um, and it was on a different ground of appeal, so or ground of defence, really. Yeah. Um, okay. So section twenty nine A. Um. So Justice Lee found that although the ABC did re- did believe that uh, it was in the public interest to present this, mm-hmm. it was not a reasonable belief. And so Justice Lee applied the English precedent in deciding that we need to weigh up the benefits and the, the cons of really having... Um, Something uh, having, published. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so we have to... We, we, we don't want to place an unreasonable limit on freedom of expression, but we also don't want to... But we, we also want to, uh, to encourage um, publications on issues of public importance. Mm-hmm. And so that is something that had to be weighed up, weighed up and ultimately the ABC failed, okay. the defence failed, um, because it was not a reasonable belief of the ABC. Subjectively, subjective belief was there, but the objective reasonable uh, reasonable person's test was not satisfied. Oh, okay, okay. And so it was found that the ABC were found to be um, yeah. liable for defamation. Yeah, yeah um, okay. and damages were made to Heston Russell. Yeah. Okay, oh, interesting. Well, moving away from defamation now, Alex. I will have you know, and you probably already do know, Yeah. Uh, that in Vanderstock and Victoria, High Court case uh, handed down, I think two weeks ago, the judgment yep. was. Mm-hmm. Uh, Section 90 of the Constitution was explored for the first time in, I think, 20 years at least. Yeah, right. Um, not to say that there's not a lot of precedent on Gotta it. Get your there constitutional is. juices flowing. Out. Yes, I know. <laughs> there, there is a lot of case law on it, but not mm. in the last 20 years. Yeah. And a very interesting way it's come up. So uh, people, when they buy petrol, may not know that. 48.8 cents in every litre of petrol actually goes straight to the government in the form of an excise. Okay. Uh, and an excise is a, a duty on consumption we can think of it as. Yeah, so, okay. And, and so, just for the viewers, the difference between a duty and an, and, a, and like a tax, for example, um, in my mind, I view a tax as like an obligation. So, um, like you, um, obviously you fill out your tax return, right? And, and you're doing that yourself. So the onus is essentially on you to go and do that. Whereas a, a duty or, um, or an, in this case, a fuel excise um, is essentially a fee um, yeah. upon the creation. Of I guess the, yeah, you, you could sort of think of it, it's priced into the good. You yeah. cannot buy petrol without paying this yeah, duty. Yeah, yeah, okay, sure. I mean, sure, sure. so long as you're buying it from someone who, yeah, an authorised yeah. petrol seller. Yeah. Um, so government gets a lot of money, 48.8 cents in the litre currently billions, say petrol billions. price is $2 a litre which yeah. is a bit generous at the moment yeah, yeah. that's almost one quarter of, of, your, of your fuel tank goes to the government yeah right um, now in the last 10 years there's been an interesting development in motor vehicles and they're called electric vehicles and I did not know this though. they ollie in case you didn't know they don't use fuel yeah unless they're a hybrid in which case they do use a bit of fuel <laughs> okay, uh, sure. but electric for example, vehicles Teslas yeah you your know, Teslas Coopers yep. they don't use any fuel mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so the government gets a bit of a uh, they don't draw a good deck. They don't draw a good hand when they're when someone buys an electric vehicle. Yeah. Because they're not getting fuel excise. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so the Victorian government had an interesting way around that. Okay. And essentially, essentially, section ninety of the constitution says that only the Commonwealth government can impose. Yep. Excise. So state government, Victoria, have have gone and tried. Well, so, so um, obviously, so so why did Victoria have an interest in excises? Because because the excises that are charged federally, they get re- redistributed. I believe to so. the to the states. Okay, so so Victorian 
all the Victorian all Victorian fuel consumption and Victorian excises are given to Victoria, the Victorian I, government. Yeah, yeah. Don't quote me on this, but I think it works in a similar way to GST, okay, yeah, which sure. is collected by the the, the Commonwealth yeah. and is distributed to states. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so Victoria decided that they wanted to impose their own excise yeah. on electric vehicles yeah, yeah. based on kilometerage. We okay. call it mileage, but kilometerage really. Yeah. Uh, at, at, at the rate of 2.8 cents per kilometer traveled by electric vehicles. So every every kilometer traveled by a Tesla, mm-hmm. a Cupra, a, a BMW i8 yeah. <laughs> um, would have to pay 2.8 cents in the kilometer um, in the form of an excise. Okay, okay sure. Um, and in a four to three majority decision, mm-hmm. uh, it was ruled that this excise was not constitutional. Controversial. It was struck down. Yeah, okay. And this overturned some significant precedent sure. um, on the issue. And the, the the length of that precedent and how far back that precedent goes was duly pointed out by our favourite Justice Edelman. Yeah, Justice Edelman. For those who don't know, James Edelman, we, we, we like a bit of James Edelman. He's a young gun. Um, we'll go into him in some depth at a later stage, but if you don't know James Edelman, definitely look him up. He's a good judge. Yeah. <laughs> it depends who you ask. No, no, no yes, so seriously. Yeah, no, I think he will be. likely be a Chief Justice one day. I mean, he's yeah. the youngest on the bench at the moment. Yeah, he was the youngest appointed, I think, since mm. Owen Dixon. So, yeah, yeah he, he's going to be there for a long time. But yeah, anyway, so well, yeah, go on, go on about yet, his, his Speaking decision. of Owen Dixon, yeah. so in his dissenting judgment, uh, Justice Edelman yeah. points out Justice Edelman dissented and basically said that it was constitutional. Okay, okay. Um, and he followed uh, 21 justices. He named 21 justices. And he 21, named 21 justices. He did, and 21 instances <laughs> of times in, in, in precedent where um, such a case uh, was decided the other way. And mm-hmm. Dixon was noted twice, both yeah. as justice and chief justice. So, <laughs> And I quote from Justice Edelman, I won't read it all out yeah, because yeah. in the interest of time, he says... Uh, if we were to accept the majority ju- judgment, it would mean that Dixon, Justice Dixon was wrong, Chief Justice Dixon was wrong, Justice Kitto, Justice Taylor, <laughs> Justice Menzies, Windyer, Owen, Barwick, and, and, Chief and Justice, this just goes on and, on. and it goes on, <laughs> and he says, that list can, after today, also include Gordon, Stewart, Stewart rather, and me. Um, so, <laughs> so, very interesting approach. Is, is, is he having a bit of a laugh? Or he's he, having he, a bit he, of a laugh, and he, I think he's... He's probably a little bit pissed off at the other justices as well. Well, it was a monster judgment. I mean, yeah. this is paragraph 651, and I'm, my computer says I'm halfway down. How many footnotes were there? Uh, we're, in the, we're in the 1500s already. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a crazy long judgment, and I saw something on LinkedIn, and I'm sorry, I can't remember who it was, but someone said... Oh, I'm sure Justice Edelman's associate had a great time yeah, yeah. putting this together. I mean, for those who don't know, the justices' um, associates, they have to get like a HD wham and everything. They have to get especially the, the, the high court level. Yeah, especially the high court level. Yeah, they have to be pretty pretty crazy students. And I mean, they're getting their... They, they're, they're definitely putting their work in for... Oh, well, yeah, they're earning their money. Uh, at least a 1500 <laughs> footnote judgment. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. Okay, well, very interesting. But, um, Thank you, yeah, well, so, so uh, just touching back on Victoria. So Victoria, in, in, in essence, would have... It would have been worse off for an EV driver in Victoria. It, it, well, I guess this is a matter of economics. Would you yeah. use your car more, petrol car, 48.8 cents in the, in the litre? Yeah. Or would you use your electric vehicle more, 2.8 cents in the kilometre? So, look, I'm, I'm not going to do the maths now and try to add that up. I'm sure there are probably arguments that it, you would end up worse off in the long run. Sure, but if you had if you had a car and if you had an electric car in New South Wales, you wouldn't pay that. Oh well, yes, as compared to yeah. other jurisdictions, yes, yeah. no, and that's 
a part of that's the really reasoning. interesting and so i mean obviously the, there's there's talk about sort of electric vehicles being sort of the like the new way for climate change mm. and that sort of thing i mean not, i mean you know what i mean the yeah. the sort of new yeah um, the sort of, uh, yeah a new for way forward um wouldn't that essentially dissuade that i mean especially from other jurisdictions i mean it's a bit yeah, yeah. it is a, that is a policy consideration and if a, a policy like this is to be is to be put in i yeah. I rightly think it should be the Commonwealth to, to do something like this. It's okay. a Commonwealth issue. Okay. I mean, per section 90 of the Constitution okay. and, and you go back a matter to of my opinion. Yeah, sure, sure, yeah. sure. What the politicians deal with the politics, eh? Yep. All right, well, speaking of Victoria, we're going to go and, and stay with them. Um, Court Service Victoria has been fined for just under $380,000 um, for what was described as rampant misconduct within the coroner's court. Um, yeah, a bench, essentially the, 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 the work, um, place conditions were just awful. Um, workers said that they were subject to bullying, favoritism, verbal abuse, derogatory comments, intimidation, invasions of privacy, and perceived threats to their career progression. Um, and this investigation came after tragically a worker actually committed, um, suicide. Um, and so look, it, it has to be said that, that this, um, seems like a, a, a good decision, um, that they've been fined um, and it shows you that if um, the, the law in, in some areas is still um, I suppose of the of the old world um, mm. Victoria um, I'm from Victoria for those who don't know um, a state I think that is kind of um, champion for their sort of work um, place um, regulations I think and, 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 and sort of emphasis on on um, on the on the um, people on, on the workplace and the employee and um, I mean it's good that it's been found out obviously I mean who knows what's happening in New South Wales but um, yeah it, it, I think um, overall it's a it's it's obviously a good a good a good finding but yeah it, it's it's still tragic that this stuff is still going on um, this sort yeah. of um, overworking it's sort of a it's a topical point in the legal industry mm. um, I read an article. Uh, probably a month, maybe two months ago now, yeah. from Jane Jago, the, yeah, yeah. the um, High Court Justice, mm. um, talking about workplace culture mm. in law mm. and giving some tips to employers about how to improve workplace culture. Maybe this is something mm. we can talk about in another episode. Yeah. Um, but she, very esteemed mm. lawyer, obviously, um, she she outlined some pretty horrific experiences. She had both experienced herself yeah. um, and seen others perpetuate onto younger mm. solicitors because I think there is some sort of sense among some cultures mm. um, that well I experienced it you should have to go through it too yeah um, uh, but yeah very interesting read and I would encourage maybe we can put it in, in the link of this video but yeah. we should encourage um, our, our, our listeners to have a read of that article very interesting yeah yeah absolutely and I think it um I think it just highlights that it's um it's it, there there is a balance. I mean, obviously, as as law students, you you've got to have some acceptance. You're going to be working hard, yeah. and you are going you're you're going into an occupation that is that is pretty twenty four seven. You know, around the clock. Um, and, and the, I mean, you'll understand that in law school with, with the sort of assessments that you're doing and the amount of pressure that's going on. Yeah. Um, however, there is a line, and I think that that line um, is is thank goodness more and more being drawn in the sand um, where you, yes, there is that level of competitiveness and um, high pressure and um, high performance but there needs to be that balance where that doesn't turn into workplace abuse and yeah, um, yeah it doesn't turn into really bad practices where you don't have a sense of community in your law firms and so yeah just be I suppose wary of that and I think um, that goes on to our final 
Yep. News topic. So. Um, so HWL, uh, HWL Ebsworth, um, law firm that we've actually covered in our TikTok and Instagram. Um, very notable law firm. Um, in Back in April, they had a uh, big, fat data breach. We've been hearing about data breaches left, right, and center from governments to companies and that sort of thing. Um, and so I've done a little bit of research into the data breach. They lost over 2.5 million documents in this documents. In they this lost or well, the stuff, so, Yeah, they were breached. They were right. breached. They didn't lose them. Yeah. Um, they're solely still there. But yes, they were breached. And so um, it's... Um, now, what what's why this is sort of more relevant is that um, the um, Australian um, Federal Police have released something saying that um, um, there's some highly sensitive information on 16 AFP officers. Okay. That um, yeah, it, it, apparently it's quite compromising information. I haven't gone and looked it up. It's on yeah. the dark web or something. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, and and so it, what, what's interesting is the the hacking group um, Black Cat or um, Noberius also is what they're called. Um, you know, for all intents and purposes, they sound like a very bad crew, but they've got a cool name. Um, they've hacked into companies like Swiss Sport, Reddit, MGM Resort, Solar Industries India, Florida University. Um, and, and get this, they, they, they've they apparently hacked the entire city of Alexandria in Greece. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I don't know how I mean, they've done that. What a city to target. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Very, very interesting. But um, they essentially attack companies and they steal, well, they, they breach their data and say that um, if you don't pay us, we'll... Um, release your data onto the dark web yeah. and so it's, it's it's what's called ransomware um and i've essentially called them internet terrorists i yeah. don't know like they're taking essentially taking information as hostage yeah. and then um, demanding money it's only um, an issue that's going to become bigger yeah exactly in the future it we is, saw it last year with optus which yeah. is massive yeah optus is a big one um th- there needs to be more onus on companies yeah. to ensure that their data is safe yeah yeah i mean the instance of optus there was some significant concerns as to how safe that data actually was. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there needs to be a bit more, uh, I think needs to be a bit more regulation in this space. Yeah. And I think the, the government is working on it. Yeah. Um, and it will take time to get it right. But you also have to remember, not many people understand this stuff. Mm. I don't understand it. Yeah. I'm, Assuming you, Ollie, don't understand oh, no, it. I don't you, you understand it a little bit? Well, you're a smart man to me because I don't understand it at all. Um, and so we, we really need expert um, if opinions and expert mm. input on this because I'm, I can guarantee you most of the people sitting in parliament probably, probably don't, don't have much experience yeah with this I mean the, the digital the digital side of things is really important I mean we, I think I think what we're seeing is kind of I mean suppose back in the early 1900s and stuff you've got these drug smugglers and other criminals which are sort of making a lot of money and then slowly but surely the government started to regulate it and stamp it out I mean I think you've got this sort of um, internet form of crime where you've got things like information and stuff like that being hacked into and leaked and people's passwords and email addresses and locations and all that sort of stuff and so um, yeah it's only going to become more and more relevant but um yeah, I think that's all the news for today. Yeah, um, plenty of news. I think, um, yeah, I think we're going to move we on. move on. Um, but just before that, we're going to have a quick break. Thank you for listening to the Australian Law Student Podcast. If you could support us by following us on Instagram or TikTok, check out our links below. Otherwise, whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a rating to hear more from the Australian Law Student. Finally, head to our website to see more of our content. Now back to your host, Ollie and Alex. All right, and we're back for the second segment of the Australian Law Students debut podcast, uh, the special topic. And today we're doing Reflections on Law School. We thought that'd be a good topic to just get started in. Um, yeah, I think, um, Alex, tell us a bit about your background. You went to high school in Sydney? Yes, so I'm from Sydney originally. Uh, 
from the city, unlike Ollie, so I'm a bit of a city slicker, Ollie will have you know. Uh, I didn't always know that I wanted to do law. Okay. It wasn't until late in year 12 mm-hmm. that I that I realized I, I want to do law. And even then I wasn't 100% sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first term, my first term of law, I wasn't a massive fan of. After my first term, and you do hear a lot about the rate of dropouts in law. It's yeah. very high, especially mm-hmm. after the first term. Um, I did consider, I thought, is this for me? Could I do another degree? Because I had interests in other in other fields that I wasn't studying. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, I'll stick it out for one more term. And I'm glad I did because that term we did torts. Yeah. And I really enjoyed torts. Um, it felt like I was doing real law. Um, and it, it, it felt like more like what I had expected it to be. It felt more tangible. So, so would you say... Um so for the law students that are listening or perhaps new law students getting into it, so would you say that the first term for you, because it's sort of introductory courses, that didn't really feel like um, sort of real tangible stuff? Like it didn't really feel... Yeah, and everyone has different opinions on this. Mm. A lot of people prefer a lot of the um, theoretical yeah. side of law. Other people prefer the, the tangible application of the law. Mm-hmm. Um, I am one who prefers to apply the law rather than... Uh, read about theories of the law mm-hmm. but completely understandable the opposite perspective yeah um, and every uni does it differently so at least at our uni uh, we had an introductory lesson into law mm. of, sorry subject into law yep. for the first term yep. but for example I have a friend at Western Sydney University uh, and he has studied in, the, he, in his first term he studied multiple subjects mm-hmm. um, that are real um, priestly 11 subjects yeah. I don't know if it was contracts was one of them probably not in the first term but he's at least done contracts whereas we Ollie and I uh, will be going into our third year and we'll only be doing contracts in our third year yeah. at, uh, um, sure. we had a course that had private law and contracts a part of it but mm. in terms of the sole study of contracts we're only doing that next year yeah and, um, and, and so did you want to talk about um, the priestly 11 for those who don't know yeah what's the priestly 11 so or if you ask me to name every subject I'm not going to be <laughs> able to but the priestly 11 are the core 11 subjects that every law student in Australia must complete yeah. in order to be to be qualified essentially to have a qualified law degree okay so every law student uh, every rather law school in Australia will offer the priestly 11 and so they're essentially the base for yeah. um, good legal understanding to be a good lawyer yeah. you've got to know it's, it's sort of basic they're like mandatory contracts con- contracts criminal yeah. law you know yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so contracts criminal law torts ethics uh, federal constitutional law equities and trust I mean we can admin, admin equity and then law, civil procedure law. yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah this, this is the, the, the core 11 yeah. um, and so when, when you started that you thought yeah, this is it. Like this is, oh, when this I, is a lot better. Yeah, when when I studied torts, I, I felt that I was more comfortable in my decision, and I'm glad I stuck with it. Okay, sure. But that that's a part of the experience for for law students. Yeah, and that's a part of the experience in really any degree. Mm-hmm. Um, you might not love it to start with, yeah. and depending on who you are, you might you might want to jump out of it then. Yeah. Um, but for other people who want to stick with it, um, it can be quite rewarding. And if if you know it's not for you, then there's no point sticking with it. Okay. If you're not passionate about writing, reading, understanding, reasoning. Yep. Uh, it, it's probably not for you, and it is hard. It's a very hard degree to get through if you're not passionate about it. Do 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 you think though that um I mean we 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 have friends that um do sort of commerce um and other degrees um people who want to go into to politics um people who want to go into yeah big business and that sort of thing they perhaps won't utilize their law degree to the best of it to be a lawyer. Um, but there's still some real benefit, I suppose, in doing a law degree in those instances. Yeah. I mean, 
do you think that um, those people um, kind of view law as just the sort of secondary degree that they need to get through? Is, is that how you do it? Or, I, or do you I don't think, think people. I don't people. I don't think people view it that way. Okay. I think the amount of work that you have to put into a law degree necessitates mm. that you don't view it as a as a yeah. second degree or um, something that you just do. It has to yeah. be something that you. Um, it, it takes up a big part of your life. Yeah. Um, for people who don't want to end up in law. Mm-hmm. Um, there are plenty of great options outside of the law that yeah. a law degree can help you get yeah. into. I mean, so with that, we, we, we both go to UNSW um, and it's with, it's common amongst most of the um, GO8 unis and, and, and across Australia. Uh, it's usually compulsory to do a, a double degree with your bachelor's yeah. if you're doing an LLB um, with law. Um, and so, yeah, the, with that in mind, I think people, um, it, it gives you more, it gives you more um, sort of breadth um, to do um, or, or to be ready for another um, career and I think that that's a really important thing I and mean, law um, in in a lot of ways is, is really the perfect medium for um, it really underpins a, a lot of things I mean you I know people who do law and psych law and engineering and you'd think that, like I remember hearing that in first term I was like law and engineering far out but you'd be surprised because these law and engineering guys um, and girls, they can become consultants, they can um, become advisory to government. And and I think that's a really um, important thing that's overlooked. Um, And so you can actually pair it with degrees you wouldn't think. And so so you would say, obviously most law students Mm. would study either arts or commerce as their second degree. Yeah. yeah. Would Would you say that there's not necessarily any best or worst degree to pair with it? Would you say that all degrees have their merits? Because I, I believe that Look, to some extent. This is this is my Ollie's opinion. I think personally, for me, I really enjoy commerce and commerce or business. If your law school offers commerce or business, that's really good. And I think if you're looking to get into law per se, you should um, really take a look at doing um, commerce or business. Even if you don't have a math background, I don't have a math background or anything like that. But um, I think that it, it rounds you really well um, to... Um, understand the sort of practicalities of law um, and I think obviously though the, the arts law I mean we don't have any arts law students um, right here right now so I'm, I'm sorry sorry that they're not here to defend themselves but um, f- for me I, I think I think if you're looking to do arts law you um, you do become an expert I think in um, being able to articulate yourself probably better you can probably understand legal reasoning and legal rationale um, better Um but I think with business, it's really good because I, I enjoy applying it and I enjoy taking the legal theory from law um, and then looking at business and then being kind of um, like, oh, yeah, like the law subject that I did, whether it be contracts or whatever, you can see that the transactions occurring in this, in, in this commercial subject. And so there's a lot of overlap where I think the overlap is less. It per se in 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 law yeah. and, in law and arts. I would I would question though, Ollie, does that really even matter the overlap because. Well, when you, I mean, you asked, you, I mean, you asked, what, um, what is the best double yeah. degree? And so, I mean, the metric that I'm using is perhaps overlap and applicability. I think I think law and business are probably the most yeah. applicable to each other. Um, that said, if it also depends on the lecturer and the course. I mean, um, I'm doing a course right now that's that's really theory heavy, um, and the law and arts and law and um, 
um, politics, philosophy, and economics. Mm-hmm. That those uh, that crew is just like flying because um, yeah, we're writing research essay and stuff like that. And you don't really um, get to do that uh, that much in, in commerce, which I which I imagine doing essays most of the time. Um, but also, I like I like breaking it up with commerce. I think that if I was writing essays all the time for all my subjects, I'd be yeah pretty strong. Um, but yeah, it's, interesting, Ollie. Uh, you you disagree? Oh, I don't disagree, but I will say the new justice of the High Court who mm. will be taking his appointment uh, just in a few days, really, yeah. Robert Beach Jones. Yeah. He is a maths... I won't say genius because that's a pretty big word to throw yeah. around, but he's a maths enjoyer. He's yeah. a maths lover. I don't know if he studied maths for his degree. I yeah. assume he may have. Yeah. And many profound judges mm. actually have a background in maths oh, or science. They're right. Um, and it, I guess it it's the link between the reasoning, the mathematical and logical... Reasoning yeah, skills well, yeah, that yeah, apply yeah, to law. Yeah, but I think it also just means it, it doesn't necessarily matter. I mean, what degree you do for your other degree, so yeah. long as you enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Um, because if you have a view of being a lawyer, mm-hmm. it's not going to matter whether you did commerce or law. Maybe it depends on what type of law, but you could do commerce and law, or you could do chemistry and law, and still become a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. But if you if you have no interest in chemistry, you wouldn't want to study it if, yeah. as a commerce student or yeah. vice versa. Yeah, yeah. So I think. When you're doing a double degree, I think it is very important that you enjoy your other degree, so it can be a bit of yeah, a break I from mean, the law. Absolutely, you you should absolutely enjoy it. Um, if you're looking into criminal law, and that's the thing that you said on, I know people that do criminology and law, or psychology and law. That's another really important um, 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 distinction there. I mean, just do what you want. Like I know that um, the way that I like um, to view things, at least the way that the Australian law student is somewhat geared. Um, is the corporate side and, and the business side. And I think that that's um, um, best suited for largely with commerce. Um, obviously, an art student can, can obviously adapt and, and be flexible with that. But I think um, you are probably um, just a little bit ahead of the race uh, in terms of job stuff. Ollie, yeah. your favourite law subject? Yeah. Why? So far? So far or in the future? So far, my favourite law subject... Um, it's probably been Crim 1 okay. uh, with yours truly so me and Alex took a Crim class together Crim 1 I had an amazing lecturer for that um, yeah. Criminal Crim. Procedure yeah. probably for, for other universities yeah. Criminal yeah. Procedure probably yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah so Crim I mean we had an amazing lecturer he was um, a senior crown prosecutor yeah. I think with the um, he was uh, with the uh, at least the, was the ODP I don't I think it might have been the, the state um, prosecutor was the state was a federal I thought it was federal he did tax matters oh not too sure. We okay. have to ask but yeah, anyway, look, he, he was a very, very like smart like guy, and he loved to articulate himself. And um, he spoke very fluently, and just did so much um, to help us. I think just in general, and me and Alex um, were bouncing ideas off each other. There was a, there was a moment where Alex called uh, someone stupid. I did not. <laughs> what did you say? I can't. I don't know what you're talking about. Do you remember you stood? I think it was you, you either stood up or like you were like I politely I just I like, disagree with that person. Disagree. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps, but that is a part of being a law student, and you politely you, you, mean, have, to, you, you have to disagree with people because not everyone has the same point of view. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, and it, a lot of it is quite subjective. It's kind of like intellectual jousting, like in in a law class. Like it, it's um, some people will say things that um, you can find holes in, and I think that that's important. I think. Um, don't feel bad and don't feel sorry because I mean in a normal class right in high school or any other class really if someone said something like a little bit you know they're like oh like you wouldn't 
perhaps want to correct them. Mm. But I think in law it does it does because I I want that the same to be to, mm. to be done to me. I mean, just the other week I was talking in an admin class. And um, they were going through judges and stuff. And like, oh, which judge do you agree with? And I agreed with um, one judge. And this other person went and said, look, politely, I just disagree. And gave me yeah. a list of reasons. And I was like, oh, we should go get coffee afterwards. And yeah. then so I went and talked to them and pushed out our ideas. And, you know, you, you both come away with a lot. Um, it's very interesting. I mean, barristers mm. in court can go at each other's throats. Mm-hmm. Not, not personally, but in a legal sense. Yeah. And still have dinner together afterwards. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Or they're, they're good mates or good, good friends outside. Yeah, um, which is part of the beauty of the yeah, league yeah. I, I think it's the I think it's with any any sport. I don't want to say sport, but uh, it is kind of a sport. I mean, there is a level of sort of competitive environment. Yeah, yeah, competitive environment. I mean, you look at sort of um, sports players and stuff. Some of them they like, can be on opposing teams while in, during the match, and then afterwards they're they're um, friends again. So yeah, I mean that, that's part of it. Um, yeah, so so Crim one I think for me was a really good experience. Uh, my I got just turning over my worst was probably torts I remember torts yeah. was pretty grim I had a bunch there was a bunch of like the lecturer was pretty was pretty bad I mean look you in law school you really do appreciate your lecturers yeah. and a great lecturer or a good lecturer even will just make your life so much easier and I think that um, if you get one that you connect with um, try and find when they're doing their classes if it's like um, the crim lecturer that we had he did um, criminal procedure and then substantive um, criminal law. Um, he was also teaching, but he didn't teach Adelaide. Uh, did he? Well, he did. Yeah, he did teach a former term. But everyone knew that he was a good teacher, and so everyone tried to get into yeah. his class, and there was no slots. So, anyway, Ollie, if yeah. you if you could tell yourself yeah. three things on your first day of law school last year, mm-hmm. as a fresh student from Warrnambool yeah. who had never studied the law. Mm-hmm. What are the three tips that you would give to yourself or any incoming law student for next year yeah. or first year law student now or even second year student or third? Um, I'd say take it slow. Take um, some time to adapt. Um, Realise that this is probably one of the most competitive environments that you'll ever be in. Um, it is super hyper competitive. I think a lot of law students, and it's the same with a lot of the very um, the very sort of high um, bar degrees like met as well. Often they're like, like in those in the engineering uh, even um, some of the time uh, most of the time they're, they're people like who are ducks of their their high schools or um, close to um, and so I mean I wasn't that and so it, it um, yeah it, it definitely can take a toll on you if you're if you're really worried about that and that sort of thing but just take your time um, work as hard as you can. And um, just see how you get with your marks, and you know you you'll you might surprise yourself. And I think that's what happened to me, and I was pleasantly surprised. And so um, you find out more and more that even though it's a really really hyper competitive environment, um, you can do um, really really well if um, you just take your time, you work hard. So that's my first tip: take your time uh, and just work hard. Second tip um, would be sleep. <laughs> I like, like very underrated, but. My first Essential. year, yeah, my first year, I didn't um, really sleep that well until about halfway through, and then I got like the, uh, a sleep app, um, um, and like I started to like really track my sleep and try and get like my eight hours um, a night, and the difference was just amazing. I could wake up in the mornings and I could do readings and I could do assessments and stuff like that. Where, um, yeah, and I don't do coffee or anything, so mm, it's okay. um, it's a pretty yeah, it was pretty it was it, it's a pretty vital thing, um, and especially if you're going to be a law student, you you. Obviously, 
you know, have some fun on the weekends and whatever else. But if you're going to do that and if you're going to um, really perform at a really high level, you've got to look after your, your, yourself. You've got to make sure you're, you know, you're rested, well rested. And so that's one of my, um, that's my second tip. Uh, my third tip, my third tip would be um, find some good friends. <laughs> I think that's a cop out. Yeah. Hey? That's a cop out of it. No, trip. it is. It is. I think it's a good. I think it's a good opinion. I think a lot of the time as well. I mean, you come into law school. I think people would come into law school thinking, okay, you know, you you get this sort of idea of being sort of solo, being the sort of I don't know corporate hotshot or the criminal lawyer who's you know going you know solo and or the politician or whatever. Um, law school is um, as collaborative as it is individual. I think. I think that's really important. We've all got to support each other. Um, I mean, these are the people that are going to be in your industry for the next, you know, 30, 40, 50 years. Um, and so it's good to get to know people. Um, you can learn a lot from your own um, weaknesses by other people because other people might have them as strengths and vice versa. And it's so it, it is collaborative. I mean, obviously don't, you know, do academic misconduct and share your assessments. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying... Um, you know, tr- find a good group of people to do classes with. Yeah. Um, you know, th- you'll all benefit because you're all comfortable talking to each other during, you know, group work and um, you'll be more comfortable p- to put your hand up and, you know, you can bounce ideas off each other and if one of you have missed the readings that week, you can, you know, go back and um, you, you, you can perhaps rely on the others. I mean, yeah, so I, I think that's really important. Find people that you gel with, um, um, but don't force it either. Like, yeah. like take your time if you're not... Um, you know, gelling with people um, really quickly. Um, that's that that's completely fine. Um, yeah, you'll find people along the way. Just put yourself out there as well. You know, if you're sitting next to someone in, in a class you don't really know, say hi. You know, perhaps if you know, start a conversation and see where it goes. So, those yeah. are my three tips. Great, Ollie. And I think I think we might leave it here. But okay. I will finish with one, maybe not tip, but note of my own. Yeah. And I think the biggest adjustment for me going into law school was the writing the writing style yeah um it takes a lot of adjusting to because it's very concise yeah yeah. and it's not the way most year 12s or high school leavers would expect Mm -hmm. legal writing to be uh there's no flowery language or at least there shouldn't be Mm -hmm. um and so learning the writing style can take a year or two to get to get to get right yeah um so if you get your first assessment back or your first midterm back or anything yeah uh, and you're not happy with your mark and you see you've been critiqued for your writing style, mm-hmm. um, you're not concise enough, you're struggling with a word count, which is something everyone struggles with. Yeah. Don't be disheartened by that because mm-hmm. everyone struggles with it and it is one of the biggest learning curves, if not the biggest learning curve of law school. Yeah. And mastering that is... Once you get once you get comfortable with it and familiar yeah. with it, you'll be well on your way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so you, I think you had one Q&A question as well. We oh, question? yes. So we have one question for Q&A. Yes. Okay, so uh, we received a great Q&A question from Eliza. Thank you, okay. Eliza. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, yeah. And she... Oh. Oh, no, we, can, we can cut it there. <laughs> Please, <isn't it? laughs> Hello. Hello, how are you? Sorry, it's running over. We're, we're almost done. You can't, you can't take a seat in the chair you like. Come listen. <laughs> yeah, come listen. We're answering a question, Lizzie. Not your, not your. Lucky you came because I had to remember what the question was. Okay. No, it's the the difference okay. between JD and the LV. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. You can come sit there. Hello. Hi. What? Oh, the hair. Yeah. <laughs> what is that mean? 
Not as bad as I thought. You made it sound a lot worse. Yes, you did. All right, we, we're feeling <laughs> oh, right now. All right, all right. Three, two, one. So yes, Eliza. No, 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 no. Okay. okay, and so we've also got a and A question. Uh, I think someone sent us yes. a, a DM. Um, yes, Eliza. Her name was. Thank yeah. you very much, Eliza. I hope I'm saying that right. Yes. Um, but Eliza asks. She asks a little bit differently, but I think for the purpose of our audience, it's probably the best way to talk about it. Mm. What is the difference between an LLB and a JD? Yeah, yeah because I, I, it is not something that the UK or the US really has that difference. The UK really just has the LLB yeah. and the US just has the JD. Whereas yeah, Australia is yeah. a little bit of a fusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit, a bit of fusion. I mean, um, the, J, I mean, the JD is one of the reasons that I actually came to Sydney. Well, the fact that is, is that, so the, the JD is, a, is the, your postgraduate qualification for law. Um, your bachelor's, your LLB is your bachelor qualification for law, your undergraduate qualification for law. So the difference is, is that you can essentially do an LLB straight out of high school yeah. and you can be qualified. Um, yeah. Whereas with your JD, you uh, have to do a bachelor's degree beforehand, whether yeah. that be uh, arts or business or psych or whatever, some type of graduate degree. Yeah. Um, undergraduate degree, sorry. And then so um, in Victoria, um, the University of Melbourne only offer a JD yeah. uh, at the moment. And so that was one of the main reasons that I came up um, from there to Sydney. Um, I knew that, um, yeah, I, I, I wanted to do a bachelor's program straight out of high school. And so, yeah, I landed in Sydney. Um, and, and so that's the main difference, I think. And um, they, they, they both have their pros and cons. I mean, if you've already done an undergraduate degree, Absolutely. go and do a Absolutely. JD. Yeah, yeah, there's no point doing an LLB. But if you're straight out of high school and you know you want to do law, yeah. go and do a... Um, a bachelor's degree yeah um and so yeah i think that's the main thing there um, is one important thing to note though yeah. and it's a point of confusion yeah. are you qualified the same do you have the same opportunities and the answer is in australia absolutely yes, yes. yeah uh in australia they're equivalent degrees yeah. just done at different times in mm-hmm. your in your um tertiary studies yeah yeah uh in America, if you have an LLB in Australia, it yeah. may be hard to get recognition for that. Yeah. It may be hard to get across to them that you have an equivalent uh, degree mm-hmm. to a JD. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that is a goal of yours, and that's maybe something to keep in the very back of your mind, but it's really, I wouldn't call it a primary concern. Yeah, okay, yeah. sure, sure. And so, um, yeah, I think I think um, one of the other things I've noticed is that JD students, because they've had that extra couple of years in uni, they're usually pretty well-rounded. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, with the Australian law student, we've had two undergrads and two JD students yeah. um, part of our team and um, yeah the JD students um, usually produce probably uh, just from what I've seen a, a sort of a higher quality of work mm-hmm. um, just because they're used to university they know how to research they know how to write they know how to cite they know how to um, what the lecturers are looking for and the assessment criteria um, and know how to hit that on the head a lot better um, and so I think um, when it comes to employability you're right. I think in, in a sense that in Australia, um, it's pretty it's pretty um, level. It's a, it's a pretty level playing field. But I think um, JD students um, can be more attractive if they have just because if, if they're able to score high marks and have an undergraduate degree that that, that partners really well, and because they're older, they're seen as more. Um, more um, sort of perhaps well-rounded, I think. Mm. Um, but obviously the trade-off is is that you're spending an extra three years in uni or, or, yeah. or whatever. Um, and so the LLB students, they can go straight out of uni and then get a job and start earning um, money and start, you know, climbing that lawyer ladder. So, 
Um, yeah, I think that's the main difference um, with that one. And I think that's yeah, um, I think the last question. The I think that's it. So, Alex, thank yes. you very much. Thank we you, Ollie. We will uh, be looking to make this a weekly thing. Hopefully. So, uh, stay tuned. If um, we get more than 10 listeners, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll come back next yeah, week. Yeah, of course, of course. I mean, um, yeah, so if you have any more uh, questions, if anyone has any more questions, send them in uh, to us and um, we'll look to answer them potentially next week. And on that note, uh, we'll see you later. Thank you.